1: home of Patriots Monday and
0: Friday, 93.7 W E I F M fm and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcand, and Mike Cadlick. Now WEEI Football Sunday.
2: Cadlick is down at Gillette. He'll join us at ten thirty, where the Patriots begin the second half of the season. Normally, it's like a bye week, Arcand. When you right. you say second half, but. Really, by the math, this is kind of the second half of the year where the Patriots will line up and take on the Washington Commanders. And holy cow, what a week for each of these organizations. The trade deadline is coming past. Washington liquidated assets. The Patriots did nothing. How does that tie into today? Because I don't know what message Washington Well, I I have an idea as to what message Washington is necessarily sending, but you're getting ready to play a team who has had uh, offensive line issues, and you take your two best pass rushers and ship them off for currency.
3: Yeah, I thought that was a pretty clear indication of what the team is looking to do. I'll say this. They did just extend their other two first-round picks that they have on that defensive line. The Washington D-line was four first-round picks, so eventually they were going to have to make some tough decisions on some of them. I'm surprised they traded those two and kept uh, Payne and Allen because I figured that you know Sweat and, and Young were the two better ones. But maybe they figured that's the ones we get better, uh, we get a better return for. And when they extended Payne, I guess it wasn't uh, it wasn't as much because then Aaron Donald, I guess, got his big contract, mm-hmm. and it sort of you know made that all seem not as big a deal. That being said, I think when you look at what Washington did, you can tell the the signal. You can tell what was sort of uh, what was being said, what was being sort of shown to the fans. And I think most Washington fans were okay with that. They started the year two and zero, and then lost four out of five or whatever it was. They've had this awful stretch since then, and they had some high value pieces that other teams wanted and were willing to give up some draft capital for. The Patriots didn't have that, and I think on top of you know, I mean, they could have maybe tried to trade Christian Gonzalez. It, he's injured, you know. My, uh, you have Judon who is injured too. Those are probably your two biggest assets. Both of those guys, oh, okay, untradeable. I thought point. you were going to say they were going to trade Gonzalez. I was like, no, Wait no, a no, they minute. can't. I we... mean, if you if they were healthy, then you know that would be that would be a, a you trade a first round pick. No, no, no. I'm not saying you should. I'm oh, saying, all right. that that was the only real capital that they had if they wanted to try and do something like that. I Patriots wanted to. No, I can tell they didn't. Yeah, Yeah.
2: it feels like with the new owner in Washington, they're about to go through new owner syndrome. Right. Which is you come in and you just tear it all down and it becomes either a a rebuild or a remodel. And I don't know which way Josh Harris is going to go with that. Clearly, they're going to be looking for a quarterback. They're not in love with Sam Howell, even though Sam Howell's had some interesting games and some numbers.
3: I kind of like Howell. It doesn't,
2: <laughs> I don't think they love him. And then again, it's going to be a new coach in there. Right. And somebody new, given until four weeks before the end of the regular season, it's almost like a playbook of, all right, we'll wait until there's a month left, and then we'll get rid of the guy, and then we can start the process, and then we can go from there. And yeah, I, I definitely think the Patriots were more of the – you know, like that report on Zeke Elliott of the bowl us over type thing, and mm-hmm. it was like, well, who, nobody was really going to do that for Zeke. So you're you're making it difficult to trade people because. Well, you really don't want to. Right. Whereas a Washington, it feels like the teardown is going to begin. And look, I like Ron Rivera a lot. I think he's been the adult in the room down there. But I, you know, it's going to be difficult for him other than just to say, well, we're all auditioning, boys. Like, does he go in like Lou Brown in Major League? and (laughs) We like, well, we wouldn't we peel a section because everybody is just sort of uh fighting for their lives and for the patriots maybe that franchise shouldn't be doing that you know I, based on some I I don't uh, Oh, that that there. is that is true yeah. i actually know someone who was an intern in that organization really? and the stories that are not out they got Dan Snyder out just in time. I bet, yeah. Because the books and uh, everything else that was going to come crumbling down on that guy. Uh, and then for the – look, I think for the Patriots right now, it's a two-game season at this point. Manage these two, get to the bye, try to get to four and six. They did not move any assets. I wonder if there are some people that are hurt. I thought Trent Brown might have been a candidate to trade. His right ankle is clearly compromised. Sure. You look at last week's game. It was a mess, but – you know, it's two teams that are just kind of floundering right now on an NFL weekend where there's some high-end games and some real low-end games. Yeah. And to America, for the first time in a long time, the Patriots are in one of the low-end
3: games. That's true. One of the high-end games is going on right now, actually, yeah, in Germany right that. now. Uh, the Chiefs are still up 7 nothing, And Jalen Waddell, by the way, has left that game with a knee injury and is questionable to return. Uh, we'll let you know if he comes back into that game. Uh, do you think the Patriots were right? to stand pat. Do you think Washington was wrong to make the trades that they made?
2: Yeah, uh well, with Washington it was more situational and I get the owner piece of it. Like again, here comes new owner, they're going to start to do things differently and some of it won't make a lot of sense. I think for the Patriots, it didn't it, it didn't bother me because it was, what were you really going to get in return? That's sort of how I feel. If you if you traded Zeke Elliott and you got a fourth that would have been a conditional third, it'd be like, okay, well, you signed him in free agency and you got something for him, but it's not changing their life, right? right? And I don't know if the – like, Washington, our can to me, is in, we need to change the way we're doing things mode. I don't think New England is there yet, and the trade deadline was was a real example of that. Whether right or wrong or people agree or disagree, it's clear that the Patriots organization, no pun intended, is kind of just standing pat at this point.
3: Yeah, I, I sort of agree with that. I think it is time for them to do things differently, but you know we can sort of agree to disagree on that. What I would say, though, is this. In, in the Washington case you got real capital back for those guys. Chase Young was someone that people really wanted out there. There were some calls on Josh Uche, but that's the only Patriot that anybody really wanted, right? That's the only one that they, I think, fielded too many calls on. Maybe uh, a couple on Duggar. No one wanted Mack. Uh, I guess no one really wanted Zeke. You know, there, was, there wasn't there was really that much interest in a lot of the Patriots players. There was a ton of interest in Sweat. I don't know why the Bears wanted him, because they should be tanking too. But Well, you know, they've already they...
2: turned around and signed him to a $100 million deal, apparently. Yeah.
3: So they really liked him, and... Uh, the Niners I mean the Niners are the type of team that would trade for Chase Young so I wasn't surprised to see that but you got back second round picks third round picks if the Patriots have blown it up then what are they really getting they get a sixth or a fifth maybe for Uche a sixth for Duggar you do that and you signal to the to the fans that you're not really trying anymore and you don't get anything back like that's not good PR for the craft
2: yeah and I'm glad you had a proper evaluation on Uche um I heard Shime say uh well, you know, uh, Uche might have been traded for a conditional four. No, Mm-mm. not even close. In fact, I do believe the pick that got traded for Chase Young is a third-round compensatory pick. It's not even the 49ers' real third-round pick. Right. So it could be one that is in the hundreds. Or, or, you know, the the it could be like pick 100 that you got for a guy that was number two overall. And it's funny because how we look at things differently – If Bill Belichick had a number 2 overall pick that in less than four years he traded for a a conditional third or a third that was coming in from a compensatory pick, good grief. People would have lost their damn minds around here. But that just kind of goes to show where Washington is at. And for me, with Washington, it's the what are they playing for? For New England, there is the all right. What are you playing for? Has Bill Belichick done the Jedi mind trick of getting these guys to believe win the next two, let's get to the bye, then we got the Giants, maybe we can reset here, maybe that's just all in his head, and they maybe lose these next two, and then you get to the bye, and then it's a different set of questions that end up being asked. But I think with Washington, the teardown is beginning. I also think that's a team. Again, Arkan, new owner syndrome. Maybe Josh Harris picks up the phone and asks Robert Kraft, what would it take? Because that's how it begins. It's just the whole, what would it take? Could Bill Belichick be on the table? And does Washington come to you hat in hand and say, hey, we're not going to take all these picks and get the quarterback. We're going to take these picks and trade them for your guy to come in and run our organization
3: because clearly we don't know what we're doing down here. I mean, listen, it's been brought up by a bunch of different people now. Florio was the first one I saw to really uh, start talking about this. And I'll be honest with you, I I've he had more qualifiers than a drug commercial. He though. certainly did. Good yes. lord, <laughs> he Tra- stinks. Trading for Bill Belichick may cause swollen. You know, well, but
2: it's the, the, you know I'm hearing this. <laughs> this could, this might potentially could maybe co- might
3: come up as a possibility. Yeah. But, uh. Uh, so what what I sort of thought when I heard that was the, the only teams that would do that are teams that are real sentimental, right? It, it would be a sentimental pick because right now if you're if you're trying to bring in Bill Belichick. You're talking about a guy who's maybe coaching another year, maybe two years. This is who you're gonna rebuild with and restart with and and sort of he's has to bring in all his people and is he gonna be in charge of the personnel and what's his role gonna be and sort of all of that. Oh god. And you're yeah. really only committing to it for maybe a year, maybe two years, and then you have to do it all over again. And are you gonna do it with someone from Bill's, you know, circle or are you gonna completely blow it up and, and go down to the studs like before? That seems so risky to me and just such a I hate to say it because it's Bill Belichick, but it's such a dumb idea. <laughs> like, why would you? Why would you do that? Why would nah, you get all this draft capital I, and then trade it for maybe one or two years of Bill Belichick? I couldn't disagree who Right now, more. is the worst co- worst team in the AFC because if you're
2: the owner of a team, you have to think from a thirty thousand foot view. Number one, it brings automatic credibility to a football operation where I would dare say. Outside of Bobby Bethard, who was the last general manager they had in Washington that was worth a damn that the people could really believe in. They tried to bring in Joe Gibbs. It failed miserably. Fourier has talked about that as to why it failed miserably, because Gibbs was completely out of touch. They're trying to get a stadium down there. That thing got pumped away. So whenever anybody from the Washington organization walks into a room full of people that can make decisions, there's no one there with gravitas or... Um anybody that could you know stand out in the room. Again, Ron Rivera's a nice guy. He's trying to manage a dumpster fire. When Bill Belichick walks in the room to go meet with the people of that general area down there in the DMV, they're gonna listen to the guy in terms of stadium stuff. Here's what we're doing. They need credibility down there. And for as much as we here look at a guy who went to the playoffs two years ago, like now he's an idiot and senile and can't think and stands there going million, trillion, billion, dillion, like others do in front of microphones. That clearly ain't that guy. And in the NFL circles, he's got the gravitas and the cachet. And if you're craft, you clearly listen and pick up the you you pick up the phone when they call. But if you're Washington, you need somebody to walk in there to be a presence. And there is no better one than Bill Belichick in the right now for them to get. Because think about it. Who of that Belichick legendary status is still out there in the league, not senile, and could walk in the room and make people sit and listen, which Washington hasn't had from a business standpoint in at least a half a decade.
3: Well, if we're talking about cachet and you know name recognition, then you're right. But that's really what you're paying for. Because if you're talking about the actual team that he put together, I know they were in the playoffs two years ago, but since then, I mean, things are really bottoming out this year. There's no, there's no getting around that. Like those results, I think, speak for themselves. And if you're sort of looking at that, then there's going to be people in the room saying, "Wait a minute, like." Like the, the name recognition's fine it's great that we're bringing in this big name but look what he's look where he's at right now look what's happened to the team that he's been in charge of that he's picked all the groceries for and is coaching on the field it's the worst they're the worst team in the AFC gresh and if they lose these next two if they lose these next two Trading for him might not be even on the tape. You know, why trade for someone who's going to get cut? <laughs> like, that's sort of how I feel. Yeah,
2: I don't know if Kraft's handing out the money for that. If you trade him, it's an easy exit strategy for Kraft. It that's is true. an easy way to get out of the money that you owe Belichick. I absolutely do it. About and, there, Kraft. and again, if anybody who's got a business brain knows why Bill Belichick or whomever leaked that out there about years on his contract, is because if another owner wants to pick up and call Robert Kraft, that is the surviving document that goes with him so it has laid out if you're going to trade for this guy here is everything everybody has their ducks in a row on the craft end and on the Belichick end it's just a matter of who do you want like Washington okay fine great John Gruden was having a great year whenever he got run you're going to bring him into the organization and you try to think of of coaches and general managers and people that have left recently Sure, you can go get a you can go get uh, Bruce Arians if you want. Or but is that guy going to walk in the room and help you get done business-wise what you need to get done? They desperately need a stadium, they desperately need credibility. And even if it's for 5 years, look at what the team behind us is on the screen behind us did a bunch of years ago when the Dolphins were arguably at their lowest, what did they do? They brought in Bill Parcells. Why? Because it calms the seas a little bit. And I get it that Bill, I mean, I'll tell you what, if we're going to hold. they bring in Bill to do what Parcells did in Miami, that'd if, be a
3: different thing though, if right? If we're
2: going to hold coaches to the standard of you have a terrible year and then we're going to punt you and get rid of you, good Lord. You know, Then, then I feel bad for whomever takes over for Bill Belichick if they're held to that standard, that after all the winning and it's, okay, you had the one year where it's down. Yep, you're the guy running things. Well, good grief. The first guy better come in here and win nine games right away or else we're going to be screaming for his head It's then, not too. one
3: year, though. It's not one year. You know, saying one year I think is a little disingenuous. Well, it's been three out of the last four. Again, well – I, I don't know. Do you eva- this one. Do you
2: evaluate
3: the COVID year as evenly as you do normal years in the NFL? Not, no, you're right. I don't. But I do grade what Bill did and how he treated the quarterback situation there. He waits until July to sign Cam freaking Newton. Sure. I mean, that was ridiculous. Well, that, that was, was a the, ridiculous team.
2: Well, that was the, we're not going to, uh, Brady will never leave us. Oh, he left us.
3: Oh, wait a minute. Oh, the
2: guy actually did walk out the door. Sure. But then I they think, had a whole off season. He I said, I don't know. We'll I, can, I can do it with anybody. And he signed Cam Newton I on think, the fourth of july i think people put context in the COVID year i don't know i'm not slow singing and fowler bringing because the COVID year went sideways and How then about again, last year well the next year they fixed it so again the year
3: after that right
2: so again it, it, we're going to bring in the next guy and it's going to be shorter and shorter for someone with less and less credibility that's also why i think for craft the trade might work better for him if they are going to move on from Belichick.
3: If I'm Robert Kraft, I 100% field any calls and make any. If they want to give you something for Bill Belichick during this year, then I take it no matter what it is almost.
2: Oh, so a couple of sevenths. Here we go. I mean, we'll maybe, ship them no, away. Maybe not a seventh, I mean, but i That's a little hyperbole. there. Fifth and lower I'd go. No, I mean, I, I think with Bill, it is you're holding to a premium. And Kraft to be crazy. Look, dumb business people don't listen. That's a, and that's the thing. Kraft is not a dumb businessman. If somebody calls, he'll field the call, and he I should. think regardless. It's how seriously does he end up taking the thing? And how seriously do uh the Washington football team? I still want to call them the Washington football team. I'm not used to Commanders and, and the we commies. Know, yeah, I don't get it. So Washington comes in today to take on New England. We've got more on that. We've got a score in the game going on in Germany right now. Bottles back in, too, Oh, and by the way, next weekend, we'll start at 7 a.m. next Sunday here on WEEI Football Sunday because of uh, the Germany game that the Patriots will be playing in, which is where Kansas City and Miami are at right now. And we'll both be wearing Lederhosen. Oh, God. <laughs> I just hope I can answer the bell at 6 a.m. to drive up here, for God's sakes. Uh, we've got some games to peel through. Cadillac will be with us at 10.30 from down at Gillette. Curious as to what the vibe was like in the locker room. Tom Curran at 11. Coach Wiggins, keys to the game coming up this hour as well. But here's our guy, Stiz, ready to trend.
0: The Rich Keefe Show, weeknights starting at 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
4: Trending now, the Celtics defeated the Nets last night in Brooklyn, 124-114. Jason Tatum scored 31 points. He became the youngest Celtics to reach 10,000 points. The Celtics in Minnesota tomorrow night to take on the Timberwolves' tip-off at 8 p.m. The Bruins fell to the Red Wings last night in Detroit, 4-5, marking their first loss in regulation. In regulation time this season, they'll face off against the Dallas Stars tomorrow at 8 p.m. And the 2-6 Patriots play the 3-5 Commanders today at 1 p.m. at Gillette Stadium. Calvin Anderson and Devontae Parker have been ruled out. There's also 10 Patriot players who are right now questionable. Those players are Farrell Brown, Trent Brown, Christian Barmore, Jawan we- Ju- Bentley, excuse me, Jonathan Jones, Vidarian Lowe, Joshua Uche, Dietrich Wise, Devon Godchow, and Taekwon Thornton. And as Grep just mentioned, the Chiefs are taking on the Dolphins in Germany right now with 13 minutes left in the second quarter. The Chiefs are up 7-0 over the Dolphins. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on Weei and WEI.com. More WEI's Football Sunday coming up.
5: download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply
4: baseball is back
5: and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
0: We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI.
2: I was going to say there, Stizzly J. Bruno, I know that this is the rap music, but it kind of sounded like it was like an awards show all of a sudden in the beginning, right? Yeah, the trumpets, the horns. Ladies and gentlemen, the worst team in the NFL, here are your candidates. And all of a sudden, the trumpets blare and all that kind of stuff. Good grief. Uh, it is WEI football Sunday, and it is time for the Cars for Kids storylines. It is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Donate your car today at 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. And this is one, I can where I come into the game saying, what is the biggest storyline of this game? Because all of the talk this week has been about everything but the actual game we're going to see at one o'clock.
3: That's very true. I think uh, there's some small picture stuff and some big picture stuff. The small picture stuff for me is there's a bunch of wide receivers who are hurt and Booty might play, and I think that you know there's been talk this week about how he's had a great week of practice and he hasn't been in these games because he hasn't practiced well, but he's starting to pick it up. And I know he's a sixth round pick, but I'm looking for anything to spark this offense, so I find that sort of to be a a, a small picture one in terms of the big picture. I know it's Ben Volan, and you can choose to believe or not believe him and his sourcing, but he did have that article on Friday saying he spoke to people inside the Patriots organization and that if they lose the next two games, including that uh, that Germany game, which is supposed to be this big deal for the craps and everything, that that could be it. That could be it for Bill Belichick. And I think that, you know, if we're talking about – Two steps before he gets fired. This being the second step is a pretty big storyline. That is, of course, if you choose to, you know, believe what what Volen writes. Yeah, no, which I, which I'm sure, I, yeah. I know you don't. Yeah, I was I mean, just
2: gonna say, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a a texter somewhere at a rest stop that <laughs> sent him something that I'm sure that uh, you know little
3: nubby went with. Uh, sure, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I know that you would think like after something like the last time, the Globe would go back over his stuff and sort of see if there were any other. You know, things like that. If they yeah. did, they probably didn't see it because he's still working there. So, I don't know. Um, well, you have to look first. That, you too. know. There um, you go. I don't know. They got other people on the page I was just going to say, it's am uh, more worried about uh, other stuff over there. But, uh, but yeah, he's not the first I person don't... to write that, either. Jeff Howe added about how the craps wouldn't be averse to moving on from Bill in season. There's other people who have written things to the, to the contrary. If you lose two straight, including to these teams, the Colts and Washington, you go to two and eight going into the bye week i mean that's when coaches get fired i know it's not this is bill belichick and he's special but like that's generally a two and eight team in the bye week that's when you fire your coach i think it depends on how you would
2: lose those games for it to even be an option if there if if what we see the next two weeks are along the lines of of dallas and new orleans where you're non-competitive especially that dallas game then maybe it ends up getting on the radar if it becomes close loss, you're not far away, whatever happens, however it ends up being contextualized. I don't know. I just think there's a I just think that's a lot there if you say to all of the, hey, you know what? This really smart guy hired all you people, but we're gonna remove him and put in this guy. Ladies and gentlemen, your interim coach of the Patriots, Steve Belichick. Watch heads explode. You know, think it'd be Mayo? Uh, well, I think with Mayo, he should be pretty guarded in taking that if it goes down that way. Because let's say the team is really bad and the next thing you know, it is Gerard Mayo who has just one win the rest of the way. Then you almost ruin his gravitas credibility. And like, Think about Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce who's taking over for Josh McDaniels with yep. the Raiders. He was a defensive coordinator at Arizona State when Herm Edwards was there. He was a guy who played, what was it, 11 years in the NFL or something like that. Antonio Pierce played a long time in the NFL. He hit Plaxico's gun when he shot himself. This is now (laughs) his time. And if it doesn't go well, like Basaccia got the Raiders to the playoffs and they still didn't hire him. I just wonder about that whole interim deal. Do you render yourself a real non-candidate? If you come in in the interim situation and it's bad, because how does the owner then turn around and sell that to the fans?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a fair Other point. Other than hope. Unless they don't want to do that with uh, Mayo and not have him be the coach of the future. That could, be, that could be part of it as well. See,
2: that's the thing down here is that if there's going to be a decision made, I don't think it's going to be a half-pregnant deal. Meaning, if there is going to be change... Everything will be lined up for the change to kind of happen at one time, not a, well, we'll send Bill out the door and then we'll empower these people mm-hmm. who are going to be dead in seven weeks whenever we start to interview folks. I think whenever they do it, if they're going to, if the Patriots are going to move on from Bill, then maybe they do just elevate whomever it is and say you're the ones in here definitively.
3: What if the plan is this and this is again from Ben Volen, so take it how you want. But mm. uh you uh are
2: our, uh, our kid working with Stiz <laughs> just texted Matt. that. He did, so It's really? breaking All news, right. well, I'm sure.
3: Good. Uh you move on from from Bill. Mayo's the interim coach and then in the off season you uh make a trade for Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel be in the uh, the A plus home run. I think he was written as a home run choice to be uh, to be Bill's successor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want that. By the I way, mean,
2: uh, I mean, I and wouldn't to trade a
3: first round pick for Mike Vrabel. Uh, no, thank you.
2: I, I I wouldn't hate it, but I just if you are Tennessee, why are you why are you giving up on him? I think fans react year to year. I think owners react. Oh, how much would it cost me to get rid of this guy? Because that's the other thing too. How many uh, if. Uh, if Robert Kraft owes Bill Belichick fifty million dollars, let's say, mm-hmm. and they don't trade him, and he's got to be on the hook for that, I don't know how he. I don't know how he can deal. I don't know how he would rationalize that. Quite honestly, yeah, that would be a tough one because it's a massive check uh, to be able to write. But in terms of on the field, Tyquan Thornton is questionable with a foot. He, uh, according to Zach Cox on Twitter I'm looking at here, uh, on the field for early warmups. it was Bill O'Brien, Troy Brown, Ross Douglas, and members of the coaching staff uh, were watching Tyquan Thornton closely. uh, And that's a guy who you would think would end up uh, being able to benefit maybe with Devontae Parker being out. But then again, Again, I don't even know where is the best place to use a guy like Taquan Thornton in this offense. Uh, let's turn to our own Mike Cadlick, who's with us on the Harbor One hotline. He of WEI.com. And, Cadlick, uh, I'll throw that at you. I know they're looking at Tyquan Thornton to see if he's going to be able to uh, give it a go today. What is the best role for Tyquan Thornton in this offense, considering we really haven't seen very much of this player and he might be in the spotlight
5: today? Well, first of all, good morning, fellas. Good oh, morning, Mike. How are you? Oh, good, good, good. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, if the guy can stay on the dang field, then maybe we can finally see something. Like, you're right, it's finally, you know, time for him to shine with Parker out and uh, Born out and them sort of sitting in this 2-6 and six rebuild, if you will. All right, let's look at the young guy. And then he pops up with a foot injury on Friday. So um, I don't know how they're going to use him today. I think, obviously, you got, I heard you guys just mentioned he was just out here Uh, warming up a little bit, getting an extensive look from everybody. Uh, The best way to use him, I mean, I say everywhere, inside, outside, in the run game, in the pass game. Uh, Bill Belichick talked last week when he was asked about Tyree Kill about how, you know, we have fast guys too. Well, Tyquan Thornton's your fastest guy, and he can only get on the field, it feels like every four games. So if you have him today, I say give him the ball as much as possible, see what you actually have in him. Uh, End around, jet sweeps, get him the ball on a screen, Hell, send him deep and try and have him be a decoy. And if he beats a guy, tell Mac to chuck it to him. Like use him as much as possible because he's the fastest guy you have. And the name of the game in the NFL right now is speed, so you got to get that going.
3: Mike, I have a question too, but before I ask it, I just want to say, as a Dedham resident, I am constantly living in the shadow. Of Mike Cadlick. Huh. are you aware of this Andy Gra? You can't. I can't go oh, yeah. anywhere without someone saying, "Hey, I know you. You work with Mike." He's Kadlick. the mayor of Dedham. <laughs> I mean, he really is. I, I, his family members, his uh, high school teammates, everywhere <laughs> I go, I'm meeting friends of Cadlick everywhere. It's unbelievable. Uh, but with that being said, Kayshawn Booty is another example. Is a guy we haven't seen since week one. They need him, and uh, Bill was going on about how great he's been in practice. Is the reason why we haven't seen him, Mike? Because He's the the first game with uh, not being able to get his feet in, or has he not been good at practice, and that's why we haven't seen him?
5: If that is the reason that they haven't seen, we haven't seen him. That's a bit ridiculous, I think. I mean, a rookie thrust, a rookie six round pick, mind you. I know everybody loves Sean Booty and who he was in college, and I, I get that. And I was I was high on the draft pick too, but you have to remember, a six round pick comes in in his first ever NFL game, targeted four times, no receptions. He had you know the two on the sideline that we all talked about and remember. But if that's the reason you bench this guy for two plays like that, I mean, that's a little ridiculous. So in my opinion, I would say uh, that it was a, you know, in-practice type thing with him that, you know, he he wasn't, you know, buying in, you know, playing as hard as he should, whatever, what have you. But, you know, now it's his time with Parker out, with Bourne out too. I look at him, I look at Thornton, and I look at Rager as three guys who can and should really step up today. Uh, Belichick said, He had his best week of practice. I know that could obviously be posturing because, oh, well, we got to go to this guy now. Of course we're going to say he had his best week of practice, but nonetheless, get him going too. I think I look at the entire receiver group now, and I mentioned it before talking about Thornton, but at two and six, you really have to see what you have. You don't need to put Juju Smith-Schuster out there. I get they're going to because they paid him, but you really need to see what you have in your young guys moving forward. So um, a mix of Booty, Thornton, and uh, Demario Douglas sounds like the recipe today. So uh, I expect a lot of playing time for Booty.
1: Tomorrow,
2: Mike Catlick at weei.com here with Gresham Arcand on WEI Football Sunday. One of the guys, I had kind of tiers of players that the Patriots might have been able to move uh, on from at the deadline. And one that would have made, I think, little impact would have been Mike Gusecki. Sell him for something. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't fit here. Now, with the wide receivers uh, and the situation the way it is going into today, where maybe it's Rager, Booty, and Pop Douglas are really the three that you can count on, how does Mike Gasecki, if at all, fit into this cabinet
5: Yeah, I think that's a good point, Crush. because I, I know you and Forey have talked about it a lot on your show, but like he is basically a wide receiver. He makes little to no impact in the run game in the blocking game as in the past game either. Like he, he's just not a blocker. He is basically um, a bigger wide receiver. So um, you're right. I think they will try and find the ways to get him, whether it be, you know, down the seam, quick hitters, quick hitches, what have you, but like you do need to get that guy going too, because you're right. You know, he, he could have been dealt at the deadline. He's only on a one-year deal. I don't know if they'll move on him uh, moving forward for next season, but if they're going to, they're going to want to see what they have in him this year. So you're right, get him the ball. Him and Mac looked to have a good, you know, rapport early on, um, at least in training camp, and we haven't seen, you know, any of it since. He caught the one touchdown uh, in the comeback against Buffalo, and that's really been it for him. So um, he should also have, you know, be one of the guys that they lean on in, in the past game to try and get going with uh, with the other guys out.
3: Mike we saw this week Josh McDaniels get fired from the Raiders and you also saw the locker room really uh explode with joy after that with yeah. uh, those videos Devontae Adams and Max Crosby all these guys so excited so happy they don't have to walk on eggshells anymore you're in the Patriots locker room do guys walk on eggshells in the Patriots locker room like maybe they were doing in Vegas
5: uh no I don't think so I think they're fine um they they sort of have this They have a good attitude about them, I would say, you know, behind the scenes in the locker room. Like they you know, they're they're friendly. They don't you know they don't sit down in doom and gloom. Even Mac Jones, like as up and down as he can be you know, in press conferences, what have you, every time we see him, he's you know roaring and having having a good time with his guys. So, no, I, I don't see that, that being the case like it was in Vegas. Was, I will say, though, with, with – go ahead. No, I was going to
2: ask if there was any uh, mood change after Tuesday in the room. I know Mike Onwenu was pretty open about, hey, I was here Tuesday so people can look me in the eye and tell me if I was leaving or yeah. whatnot. Was there any change after Tuesday at all?
5: Um, a little bit. Um, I think that it's just sort of, you know, kind of like a one who said, all right, they I'm in here and they have to look me in the eye and they, they have to move me and they didn't, and they didn't move anybody. I think they're probably a little bit of a sigh of relief. Okay. Nothing's changing. No major changes are happening. This is what we've got. You know, we, we saw their, their silly, uh, sweatshirts from earlier in the season. No one's coming. It's up to us. Uh, so that's, that's the motto. That's what they continue on with. Uh, nobody moves. Uche stays, Duggar stays, Hunter Henry stays, and uh, this is what we got going forward for nine games. So uh, buy into it, I guess. But, no, I didn't really notice too much of too much of a, a change up and down.
2: Hey, you were going to make a quick point on the Raiders before I jumped on you. What was it going to be?
5: No, just that it, it wouldn't shock me to see Josh McDaniels back here at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not informed. That's just speculation. But I think that, you know, at least in, in my opinion, the way I look at it, I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. But I still think he's a good you don't say. head coach. I think he, know- well, you're right. I mean, 25 <laughs> games in again, but he's not a good head coach. He can't get guys going. They can't replicate the Patriot way. He tried to reset it again in Vegas, and it just didn't work. But you know, X's and O's schematically, I think he can help an offense. I think what he was here in Max Worky year, that's probably the best Matt Jones we've seen. So um, I don't know if it'll it would necessarily boot Bill O'Brien out of here. I know Josh is making a ton of money to now just sit at home from Mark Davis, but. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he wants to keep coaching football if they bring him in here again. That's all I was going to say.
3: Patriots have had a hard time uh, with good teams and bad teams this year, Mike. This is a bad team, I'd say, in Washington. Is this uh, is this maybe an opportunity for Mac Jones to uh, course correct a little bit and, and uh, put up a good uh, stat there?
5: Yeah, it should be. I was actually looking back at you know some of his stat days just before this, kind of seeing how he played versus good teams, bad teams, et cetera. And even uh, the game against Buffalo, a good team, like Mac was awesome. And then last week against Miami, he, he struggled again. Everybody struggled again. So they need to get going early. Um, I think they can do that against this Washington team. Uh, their strength has really been, obviously, that defensive front, and uh, they traded two of them away. So now they're going to have to rely on the inside guys in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Um, the Patriots' interior offensive line has generally been their strength as opposed to the outside, so um, if you can handle them up front, Their secondary is not good. Um, Emmanuel Forbes, who was drafted one pick uh, ahead of Christian Gonzalez, has been abysmal for that secondary. Um, They can get toasted. So if they keep Mack upright, I think he can get going early, and then that's going to be the recipe, just like we saw against Buffalo, uh, for them to succeed. So uh, this should be a get-right game. We've talked about, you know, when you do your win-losses throughout the season, this is a game that was a W for pretty much everybody, so... Um, yeah, I feel like it should be a winnable game.
2: Is it a uh, two-game season right now to the bye? Find a way to get these two, maybe do a little bit of a reset, maybe get healthy, or is that, uh, you know, or are we literally in the week-to-week mode of things and they're done breaking up chunks of the season?
5: Yeah, I, th- I mean, after it's a good way to look at it, I guess in a two week stretch, because then you go into the bye and then you can reset from there. And we talk about that, that stretch of giants and uh, giants and Colts. And then you get into a couple more winnable games chargers. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then it gets tough with the chiefs, but no, I think at this point you can't rely on win loss, win loss, and kind of taking it chunk by chunk. You literally have to go game by game with this team because we see, they can lose games to the saints, 34 nothing, and then come back three weeks later and beat the Buffalo bills. So uh, they need to literally focus on the – it sounds like Bill Belichick, but you need to focus on what's in front of you right now, and you, you can't look at it in big stretches.
2: All right, Catholic, thank you, friend. Thanks, Mike. Uh, enjoy the day down there.
5: Thanks, fellas. We'll talk soon. Have a All good right. one. All right,
2: there goes uh, our guy Mike Cadillac of WEI.com. You know, there actually was a point to be made from Patriot fans who would have been, in my opinion, really paying attention, and believe it or not, it would have been tied around Boston College this week. <laughs> So Boston College gets a win. Uh They are now uh, 6-3 and overall. They're bowl eligible. And I know Jeff Halfley is on, you know, let's put it this way. If you're the head coach of Boston College, there's a lot of thin ice there because they don't know even what they want to be. But if you were looking for a path for Bill O'Brien to exit and Josh McDaniels to re-enter, if that was something that uh, you would sign up for as a fan— then Boston College losing out would have been the way to go because then Halfley's job might have been compromised and they'd be crazy to not in their own backyard interview a guy who has been a head coach at Penn State sure. and then the pros. So that win against Syracuse probably saved Jeff Halfley's gig over there at BC and there's no room for anybody to wedge their way in because I personally believe – Bill O'Brien would have been a good candidate for a lot of different reasons over there, but yeah, it you looks he would have taken it. I think it would have been real intoxicating. Yeah. Well, because I think I mean there's, he was just in Bama like last year. Well, I think there's so a lot of reasons. But different. I but I think there's a lot of reasons for Bill O'Brien to kind of want to be here in New England right yeah, now, true, and that yeah. is a and and look. You know, I mean, as Jeff Halfley found out, hey, he won his sixth game. Oh, we're going to the Blue Bonnet Bowl. We're excited over here. That's all you going to do. Yeah, win seven games a year, at Boston College, go to a bowl. You'll never get fired. Carquest Bowl, and you're. Uh, honest yeah. to God, yeah, damn straight. <laughs> hey, they moved that Bahamas Bowl to Charlotte this year because they're redoing that stadium. If you went to the Bahamas Bowl every year, please, it's an easy junket. People would go. Yeah, it's uh, it's very simple. Um, Stizzly, do we have uh, Coach Wiggins?
3: Of course we do. He all is, we do.
2: Oh, he is ready to go. I mean, oh, when good. have we ever
3: not had Coach Wiggins Well, play? last week. <laughs> oh, other than that.
2: That's, that's right. Other than, Or the week before, <laughs> two than, weeks before that. those two times. Hey, I did see old uh, Coach Wiggins at the UMass game yesterday, uh-huh. right? So I see him. I'm, I'm pulling in to our terrible parking at UMass because they won't let us park behind the stadium anymore. So dumb. And uh, there I see Wiggs and Mrs. Wiggs and somebody they got with them and stuff. And then about 20 minutes later, I'm up in the press box. So I'm looking down. There's Mrs. Wiggs, she's got her bag, and there's Jermaine. (laughs) He's got... Two chairs slung over his shoulder. He's got, like, another bag of stuff like that. He's walking around, like, hauling everything. It's hilarious just to go in there and sit in McGurk Alumni. You see Wiggy with the giant chairs like he's going to the beach. It was fantastic. Uh, oh. Tough
3: loss for them, by the way, on Friday. Uh,
2: uh, who's that? Oh, uh, Wiggy? Yeah. Oh, they Braintree. lost on Friday?
3: Yeah, 15-point fourth quarter for Braintree. Oh, no. Oh, no. They had the lead going into the fourth. Well, I
2: know. I've got these uh, MIAA uh, state championship games it, 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 they're finalizing the schedule, but it looks like it's not going to be on a Saturday this year. Okay. And uh, there was the hope. Fourier did say that if Wiggy made the Super Bowl, he would, like, come in to call the game for free. All right. I don't know if Matt Smith, out of Patriots to sign up for that. But, nevertheless, our guy Coach Wiggins with his keys to today's game next on WEI Football Sunday.
0: Now, more of the guy. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. talk about my life as I see it. Biggie.
2: Coach Wiggins. He's having a year at Brockton High. Saw him yesterday out at the UMass games where uh, Jermaine Jr. got in during the fourth quarter. Wiggy looked like he was uh, going to the beach. He was the guy that had to haul everything out of the SUV to go into the stadium. Uh-huh. And I know that uh, Greg Hill, what was it a week ago? They had their uh, Save Coach Wiggins party with all the bar pizza that the uh, people could eat, apparently. And There was none left for Wiggy. He was that looked like a support. good time. Yeah,
3: but he didn't get any.
2: No, he didn't. He, uh, he kind of got the shaft in that one. But it is the Patriots and the Commanders. And it'll be at 1 o'clock down at Gillette Stadium. Keys to the game from Coach Wiggins. I'm going to say there is no protect Mac Jones in this one because there's no pass rusher, or let's put it this way. The two interior D tackles are pretty good. Yes. But I'm going to say that from a psychological standpoint, Coach Wiggins will see no pass rushing defensive <laughs> no ends. So, therefore, no protect Mac Jones. Maybe I'm wrong. All right. the, here, here we go. What up, everybody? This is the coach here. My three keys for the game simple. Number one, run the football. Washington is without two of their best players from the defensive line because they traded them. So you should be able to run the football. It is the one thing that I could have sworn at the beginning of the year that the Patriots would be good at. Running the ball, and they have been as inconsistent as the day is long.
3: No, I mean, inconsistent is putting it nicely. I think they've been consistently pretty bad. Uh, There's been maybe one game where it seemed like the run game was working at all. And even Ramondre Stevenson, his best games is when he's uh, running after the catch. When it's a designed run for him even, he's been uh, bottled up this year. Zeke's been a little bit better, but not really. I hope they can run the ball because, you know, a big part of the reason why their record is what it is is because they can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
2: it's completely failed them. And I wonder if the edges are where they go. Stay away from Allen and those guys in the middle so much and just sort of that maybe there maybe this is a, God forbid, I can't believe I'm saying, an outside zone day. Outside Uno.
3: zone run, wow. Maybe outside zone day. Maybe we'll see some gadget plays finally. That's what I've been waiting for uh, since week two.
2: Gadget <laughs> plays are for teams that are down 31-7. yeah As I saw yesterday. Uh, all right. Coach number two. The second key is you should be able to protect Mac Jones. I just talked oh! about it. Two of your best defensive linemen, pass rushes are gone. You should be able to protect Mac, so you can throw the football. And with and with key number one, I figured, money on that bet, I figured. I figured, yeah, yeah. With key number one, I figured, oh yeah, he's not going to then protect Mac Jones. Or no way. All right. Number three. And number three is to be able to get to Sam Howell. The Washington Commanders give up a ton of sacks. So with your defensive front, you should be able to get there and make plays on the quarterback in the passing game. Those are your three keys from the coach. You know, it's interesting that uh, the Washington Commanders went and got a, a high-flying, well-known offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. They too, not only are they to the point to where they can't run the ball, they're throwing the ball 69% of the time. Yeah. And Sam Howell's been sacked over 40 times. They're on their way to set even a 16 game record. We looked it up the other day. I think it's 76 with David Carr in Houston. Yeah. And they the uh, the Washington Commanders are on pace in just 16 games to give up 82.
3: I'd love to uh, to see this today, but again, much like the run game, you just haven't seen, especially lately. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get sacked once in that game, in that Raiders game. I think you only got to Allen once, and I think you only got to it twice. And really, it didn't seem like they were under siege all that much. So, especially with the Dolphins, because that's a team that all their entire O-line's banged up, and you really had a chance there, I thought, to uh, to make Tua run around and, and put him out of his comfort zone, and they just couldn't do it. I mean, that's it's as simple as that. Yeah,
2: I think... Uh... I thought the pressure on Allen was good. If you go back and look that the 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 flash pressure forced him to kind of take down some throws mm-hmm. and that definitely hurt them. They didn't against Tua, but really it goes back to when Jude once Judon got hurt. Yeah. The pass rush has been inconsistent and I think against Buffalo there was no real fear so much of getting burned, which is why the blitz rate was up. And then against Miami Uh, you end up getting burned a couple of times and then it's,
3: uh, we're really not going to bring the pressure. Did Casey just score again? Yeah. The chiefs just did a crazy play on second and six, a lateral. Which we'll see if this one gets called back or not. But there was a—I uh, didn't see the beginning of the play. I just saw the lateral, and the guy took it about forty-five yards. Brian Cook there. Looks like and it was a uh, pick-six, huh? Uh, well, okay. or was it a fumble? Because
2: I'm—they're I mean, showing two on the sideline, slow singing yeah, and this flower is the flower bringing Chiefs defense.
3: Okay, yeah. So there was a fumble here. Looks like Hill got stripped, and watch this. Uh, watch this ladder. Twenty-one picks it up. He's about to get taken down. Gives it the number six, wow. and now watch. Watch cook yep. take off. This is this is a great play. What a great play there by the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, that worked. We've Dolphins seen are it getting smoked. We've seen it go the other way in uh, laterals. Was, Man, look at it uh, last go. year
2: with the uh, with the Raiders. But yeah, Miami's getting to put on them, and and look, y- y- you don't think this far out. And I know we're getting to our guy Tom Curran next, but. This arguably is for a number one seed. This game today, yeah. This definitely. could decide home uh, home field in the AFC. We will talk about today's game against Washington with Tom Curran next on Weei Football Sunday.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?